I'm thrilled to be able to share what God has placed in my heart for you today, and we're going to jump right in. I want to talk to you over the subject, the miracle in the interruption. The miracle in the interruption. Christmas is a season of interruptions. Some we enjoy, some we don't. We enjoy interrupting diets for tamales and eggnog. We enjoy interrupting work for staff parties. We enjoy interrupting paying bills, all the grown-ups in the house, for writing out Christmas cards. But we could do without some others. Crowded highways, busy airports, or that midnight call from your wonderful cousin, Bert, saying that he and Mary Lou and their kids are going to be in the area for the holidays, and they want to know if they can park their RV in your driveway. And they say, oh, we promise it won't be for more than 10 days. Interruptions, they come with Christmas. They come with life. Just when you thought you had things figured out. Just when you thought your plans were finalized. Surprise. When life takes a sudden turn. Surprise. More layoffs. More surgeries. More transfers. More treatments. They're interruptions. They can cause fear. They can cause anxiety. They steal our sleep. They rob our joy. They cause us to question God. And for some, it causes us to even turn away from God. You may be facing an interruption in this season of your life this morning. What you wanted and what you have don't seem to match. Your expectation and what your realization are not quite the same. You're troubled, you're anxious, and maybe you're even angry. And the truth for some of us in this place today, sometimes life feels more like a whole a day than a holiday. A whole a day. There's just a hole. There's an emptiness of something that once was and now isn't, or something that we expected and didn't happen. Maybe yours feels that way. More tear than cheer. The sight of happy children is a reminder of an empty crib. The busy schedule of some only highlights your empty one. Or could it be that images of families together reinforce your pain of a family apart? If this season is hard for you, if you're looking forward to December 26th more than December 25th, I have a story for you to consider then. A story of a young girl. The writer Luke tells us in chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might 
B. Some of you can share the sentiment and can compare your situation to what Mary was feeling. What kind of greeting, what kind of thing am I dealing with right now? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Now, I can only imagine that as much as she tried to keep a good attitude, it was not easy. She was far from home, miles from her family and her own bed. She had spent the last few days on crowded roads. Money was scarce. Friends were nowhere near, and I'm sure her heart ached. For her family, she felt estranged from them because under normal circumstances, they would have been thrilled to learn of her pregnancy. But pregnant before the wedding, her family was conservative. And then her unbelievable explanation, having to tell them, the man that she is going to marry, that she is carrying a child that isn't his. It was a miracle, just the fact that he still married her. She envisioned, I'm sure, giving birth at home. Mom holding one hand, an aunt on the other, a midwife, doting relatives, Joseph and a crowd of neighbors anxiously waiting, perhaps if they would have all could have experienced the birth of her firstborn together, they would have believed her story. At least that's how I imagine Mary felt. Of course, I could be wrong. Maybe the feed trough and the stable were her idea. But I doubt it. This wasn't how she planned to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Joseph then leads the donkey down a steep path that ended in the mouth of a cave that was carved out years before by the wind and by the rain. And this place that was used as a barn shortly thereafter in that scenario, in that situation, the hand of the one who hung the stars clutched Mary's finger. The angels worshiped, and in that moment, any doubt of the Father's love disappeared the night that Mary held Jesus, the Savior of the world, in her arms. The question of how the wondering of when vanished, the Savior of the world was born. And what stands out to me today is that through life's curveballs, that through life's interruption, a miracle was born. In spite of the chaos, Christ came. Through a scandalous pregnancy, Christ came. Was the first Christmas different than what Mary had planned? Probably so, but it turned out greater than what she could ever have imagined or dreamed of because God used the struggles in her life to accomplish his will. And I want to tell you this morning that he'll use the struggles in your life and he'll use the struggles that you're facing to accomplish his will also. In a world of constant interruptions, in a world of short nights where we can't get enough sleep, in a world of hard work and high stress, don't you and I need to be reminded that we serve a God that still holds it all together? In spite of the interruptions of life, God was victorious in Mary's story. And I want to tell you, in spite of the interruptions that you have faced, God will be victorious in your story also.
he can do the same for you. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 tells us this, that for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. I need to be reminded that I serve a God that holds it all together that when life seems to be slipping through my fingers, uh, he is a God that steps in and says, I'll hold you together. He holds it all together. And he will hold it together for you. Philippians 4 and 6 tells us, don't worry about anything. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, he says, you will experience God's peace. In a time of constant chaos, in a time of constant disruption, isn't that what we need more than anything? A peace which is far more wonderful, the Bible says, than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So I want to remind you this morning, trust in the God that made you. Trust in the God that made you. Sometimes life doesn't make sense. Sometimes phone calls that we get are ones that we never hoped we would. Sometimes life can take us through a winding path and there's hurt and there's pain and there's rejection and there's loss and there's disappointment. But through that moment, God can still work. What are you facing here today that's weighing on your heart, that's causing you to lose sleep? I want to remind you that he still holds it together. He holds it together. He can calm the storms in your life. He can calm the storms in your life. David asked the question in Psalms 11. When all things fall apart, he said, what can the good do? But then he answers that. Not so much with an answer, but with a declaration. He says, God is still on his throne. God is still on his throne. God remains unshaken through what we face. God remained unshaken through what you have faced, and he has seen you to this moment. The God we serve has made a business of turning tragedy into victory. He did it with a young man named Joseph. In the book of Genesis, he's in a prison cell. His brothers sold him out. Potiphar's wife turned him in. If a world ever caved in, it was Joseph's. Or how about Moses watching flocks in the wilderness? Was this what he intended to do with his life? 
Do you think this is how he planned to live? And some of you may feel like that. This is not what I thought. So he's in this moment. Was this what he intended? I doubt it. Because the reality is his heart beat with Jewish blood. His passion was to lead the slaves. So why did God have him leading sheep? And you may be asking yourself the same question. Why am I going through this? Well, there's another guy. His name is Daniel. He was among the brightest and the best young men in all of Israel. He was the equivalent of a West Point cadet or an Ivy Leaguer. But he and his entire generation were being marched out of Jerusalem into captivity. The city was destroyed. The temple was in ruins. So when I see their lives, Joseph in prison, Moses in the desert, Daniel in chains, these were dark moments, kind of like some of us. Who could have seen any good in that dark moment? Who could have known that Joseph the prisoner was just one promotion away from becoming Joseph the prime minister? Or who would have thought that God was giving Moses 40 years of wilderness training in the very desert through which he would lead the people? And who would have imagined that Daniel the captive would soon be Daniel the king's counselor? God has made a business of turning our tragedy into triumph. He did it for them and he'll do it for you also. He did with Joseph. He did with Moses. He did with Daniel and you're not the exception. And most of all, he did it with Jesus on the cross. The innocent one was slaughtered. Heaven's gift was murdered, mothers wept, evil danced, and the apostles had to wonder what good can come out of this. But early Sunday morning, what good can come out of the situation that, that has me up at night? What good can come out of what I'm facing? What good can come out of it? Is your Christmas a difficult one? then be encouraged today that God is still on the throne. He is still in control and he still holds all things together. And he can still, he can still, he can still make a prince out of a prisoner. He can still make a counselor out of a captive. He still turns Sundays he still makes Sundays out of Fridays. And he still brings beauty out of Bethlehem. He did it for them and he will do it for us today. In the interruption of life, can I remind you that God can still do a miracle in you. This God, our King, who is this King that he would come to us? that he would leave glory and, and make himself one of us to take our place. Who is he? This king, according to scripture, he is the king of glory. He is the king of righteousness. He is the king of the ages. He is the king of all kings. Jesus, this king, 
He heals the sick. He opens blind eyes. He heals deaf ears. He strengthens the weak. He delivers the captive. He restores those who are broken and he restores those who are hurting. He is the king. He is a shelter in your time of trouble. He is a light when your world is dark. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the resurrection and the life. He is our King. His goodness is indescribable. His power is incomprehensible. His grace is irresistible. And at His name, darkness trembles. At His name, demons flee. Though the devil hated him, he could not destroy Jesus. He could not stop him. Death could not defeat him. And the grave could not hold him. Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the King. And he holds it all together for you. He holds it all together for you. Christmas is a reminder that he loves me that much, that he loves you that much, that he'll come to you. He'll come to you. So that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, we thank you today that you're on the throne. We thank you today that there is no one like you. We thank you today that you hold it all together for us. We may feel like we're coming unglued sometimes, but you're the one that holds it all together for us. So that I ask you today that you would meet every need, that you would work in every circumstance, that you would work in every situation. There is nothing too difficult for you. So God, right now, that you would invade hearts and minds and do what only you can do. We trust you for it. We believe you for it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Jesus came to give us life. That is a gospel that he died for you so that you could live forever with him. That those that accept him. And today on this 17th day of December with the Christmas season on the horizon maybe you have not given your life to Jesus and you feel that that hole you feel that emptiness you feel that void God wants to meet the need and fill the void and fill the emptiness he loves you that much that the Bible says he'll leave the 99 and he goes after the one he chases you he pursues you with a relentless love with a crazy love, an unimaginable love. And maybe you're here today and you've tried to do life on your own and you've tried to figure things out and you're, and you're, you're hurting on the inside, you're broken, you're disappointed. It's one thing after the other. I want to invite you, I want to give you an opportunity to let Jesus come in. He is the only one in this life that will never fail you. He is the only one in this life that can fill you deep down on the inside. 
So if that is you today with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say today's the day that I want to give Jesus my life, and you open your heart and just say, come in and be the Lord of my life. If that is you, I want to invite you to raise your hand right where you're at. Every head is bowed, every eye closed. I see you. I see you. I see you. If that is you, you can raise your hand right where you're at. You can raise your hand right where you're at. I want to invite everyone at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for this indescribable gift. I open my heart. I invite you to come in. Be the Lord of my life. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands for everybody that received him today? I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to enter a moment of worship, but I, I really want to open up a space, a moment where you can bring God your circumstance, you can bring him your hurt, you can bring him whatever you're facing, the interruption in your life, you can lay it at the feet of the God who loves you that much that he wanted to remind you that he can still bring beauty out of the ashes of life. Out of what seems to be just fragments and pieces, he can put it back together again. So as we worship, and if your heart is heavy, your spirit is wounded, I'm going to invite you to take advantage of this opportunity and take advantage of this moment that you would not leave this place the way you came in but that you would let God do a work in your life. Father, right now, we worship you. Father, right now, we glorify you. Father, right now, there's some of us in this place. We face a Christmas unlike any other. Life has taken a turn we didn't expect. There's hurt. There's rejection that we're dealing with. There's different things. Some of us, our bodies need healing. Some of us, our minds need healing. Whatever it is, God, I thank you that you are a God that knows no impossibilities. I thank you that you can do anything. So right now, we bring to you our impossibilities. The uncertain diagnosis the broken marriage, the broken heart, the broken mind, the broken family, the finances that are hurting, whatever it may be, God, we bring it to you because you're a God that can work through it all. So right now, God, in this moment, we come to you and we ask that you would be our help, that you would be our strong tower, that you would be our refuge in the time of trouble. Right now, I thank you for working in every heart, every mind, every life, every family. I thank you today. I thank you today in Jesus' name.